Welcome to Femcasters, a podcast and community where feminine wiles and ferocious female voices collide. Femcasters was born from the idea that we can change the world one broadcast at a time. We are here to unite and elevate the voices of silence breakers just like you, girl-wide. Let's kick it, Karina. Kick it! Hey, Femcasters, Karina here, and I am joined by one of our members, Bailey Bauman. She has her own podcast focused on cloth diapering, and I'll allow her to go ahead and introduce herself. She's been a part of our Femcaster community for a couple weeks now, and I wanted to share her story with you as it's quite interesting how she got her start. Bailey, tell us about your podcast. Hi. I have a podcast just dedicated to cloth diapering. My little spiel is I share stories from parents, brands, and retailers around the world about the lived experience of cloth diapering. And so for the last three years, we've been connecting with cloth diaper brands, retailers, nonprofits to kind of learn the why, what, when, and how of their businesses or their passion. And it really kind of grew out of the need to shift our industry. We had a lot of catty drama going on and it was like, what's actually going on here? You know what? Instead of making all these assumptions that ABC brand was doing bad things or ill-informed, let's let's see if I can get them on the podcast and get them to actually share their story. Uh, I have not yet been able to talk to the brand that kind of inspired the drama, but uh, you never know. I mean, things are kind of going the way that they go. And it's been really awesome to get to talk to people about the industry, about their experiences, and just bring back some of that storytelling that gets lost in Facebook groups and Instagram and the 35 seconds you get on a TikTok. So that's been kind of where I came from. And I was a blogger, a YouTuber, and we're still here about four years later, podcasting, talking with brands and finding out what's actually going on in our industry. So it seems to me like this is a super niche, like people choose niches and go, oh, well, is that too little to talk about? Am I going to run out of things to podcast about? So what would you say to those people that might think that their idea is too small? You're my, yeah. So I thought I was, I am a super niche. I'm pretty tiny, but I am booked up until 2023. There's so many brands. I mean, I guess part of it is that when your community is so small, people know you and then they all want to be on your show and you can really, you have never ending stories to tell and people will want to come back because their stories have changed. And so I've started actually re-recording episodes and following up with people four years later. And that has been really fun to do as well. But I would find that like as a super niche podcast, it does make it hard like to branch out and to connect with other industries. And I do struggle with the world of sponsorships and partnering because our, our industry is so small and so small on the budget front, but it is like a fun passion project to just connect with parents and brands and retailers. I am, I'll be a hundred shows in. I've just recorded my 96th. So endless opportunities. That's fantastic. So question for you, because you mentioned sponsorships. Have you monetized your show in this way? Is it backed by any of the companies or the retailers or brands that you connect with? So it's not. 
and I haven't been able to really get a good hold on sponsorships and partnerships in that way. And I think that's a little bit of personal self-doubt on that one side. And instead, what I've kind of leaned towards doing is I offer a pay what you can and any brand can do a pay what you can. Uh, and so that has been a really positive experience and helped me at least cover the management, like the expenses of hosting, maintain maintenance of the show. Mm -hmm. And then I just find that the networks and the connections have led to other opportunities. So you're leveraging it in other ways other than just financial. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that's most of us, right? Like that's definitely how I work with Care More Be Better. And I just interviewed you for that podcast as well. (laughs) What would you focus on, right? social impact, sustainability, of course, there is an environmental cost to diapering your kids and disposable Mm -hmm. diapers. So we had a lot to talk about. But when you're trying to create a podcast that has a core ethos, it's very focused on something that's this kind of do-gooder perspective, it's sometimes a little bit harder to monetize than Mm -hmm. if you're, let's say, um, building a funnel for a business that's on a specific (laughs) subject that's a little broader. So I was just curious Mm -hmm. to see what you were doing in that arena. I do love the pay what you can perspective. In my time podcasting, I've only had the guts to ask one of my guests for support. And it was just kind of a friendly thing. And they did end up donating a little bit of money, but it just always felt like such a hard ask. So I just have- I like the pay what you can because other, I've had actually a lot of sponsorships from listeners who have a Mm. business. Mm-hmm. who would be my demographic. They pay a little bit. And honestly, even though it's like 20 bucks, it always gives me that, okay, somebody really believes in me and my show. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of like that cup of coffee chat with somebody that I needed to keep me going. Cause a podcast is a lot of work and yep. I definitely have burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard from Liza Miller who has a super niche podcast of her own called Motorcycles and Misfits that you don't even know what you have until you're at your 100th episode. So you're almost there. Well, so I'm 96, (laughs) so almost there. And then you'll know what you have. It's it's like, and it's crazy almost hitting 100. Like, what? because like most podcasts don't make it three months or something. I remember going to a conference on podcasting and the the stats on podcasts, and here I am like four years later, almost hitting my 100th episode on just cloth diapers. I'm like, it's bizarre and incredible at the same time. So what it shares for you is that there really is no subject too small for a podcast. (laughs) No, not that I've found yet. (laughs) So I have a a question for you, something we like to ask all of our guests. For Femcasters, just do you have two tips that you might give to somebody who's interested in podcasting or who's already podcasting to help their voice reach more people or just be more effective in the realm of podcasting. Yeah, I guess we've been hosting Cloth Hyper Blogger Meetup and someone asked me about podcasting. And really it is to just start and just do that first podcast and then keep going because the first podcast will never be perfect. I think it's just like YouTubing in that you need to stop obsessing about the perfect show. I can remember my husband and I, we rented a mic from the local podcast, the local music store. And we like recorded, I probably did like, 17 different records that show like one of my first shows it gets like 3,000 listens which is a really big number for me still to this day it's always being listened to it's definitely my worst podcast episode but you just get better with practice and you can keep practicing the same episode 
but eventually you just have to release it and kind of let go of that and put the show out there and see what happens. The second one is to not burn yourself out in that I started my show doing a weekly show every single week and I burnt out. So give yourself space. And what the podcast experts say is best practice is like, we'll stress you out. Just like do your own thing and show up consistently. And consistent doesn't have to be twice a week at 4 p.m. Consistent can be like once a month sharing your story or whatever story you want to share. I'm on a every other week that was really sustainable for me as a podcaster. And now I'm at every week just because I got a backlog of podcasts, but finding a sustainable, consistent pattern for my podcast was a game changer in my mental health and probably being able to be 96 shows in now. Well, I think those are both great pieces of advice. I do want you to also sit back for a second and show us your shirt and let's talk about merch <laughs> for a second. So I did merch through Printful mm -hmm. and I had a bad experience and everybody's shirts are falling apart. So I pulled it. Okay. All right. Well, that's um, good advice. So this was a vinyl that I had done locally, but I had done merch through Printful and I sold probably 25 shirts. And then near the end, I, they started kind of, I had, we had some wear problems. And so I ended yeah. up pulling it and I haven't felt confident enough to do it again because I've been really worried. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of finding merch that's within the right budget and quality and then being able yeah. to ship international because I'm an international audience. So I just, we've moved on. <laughs> okay. So when you did vinyl, it's a better quality mm -hmm. in general because it's more like an iron-on, right? So yeah. There's the silk screen that you got from Printful, right? Yeah. Okay. So I will give two pieces of advice for people as well because I also ran into the same thing. I think there <laughs> okay. are certain companies that do things very well. Like Printful, their coffee mugs are awesome. Their water bottles, really great. T-shirt I got, their... not so much. They do a print, you print on the fabric. Like direct yeah. print on fabric. Yeah, I have yeah. their tote bags mm -hmm. and they did really well. Yeah. Like, I also got this made for my podcast, Care More Be Better. I have a green screen, yeah. so the green part's going out. But like, <laughs> but this is also awesome. So they did a good job on several things. So what I would advise people to do who are interested in working with any of these, order one of each thing you design for yourself and then decide whether or not to release it. That's what I've done. Yeah. I also created a bunch of t-shirts on Tee Public. And oh, yeah. T Public makes it really easy. So they allow you to upload your design and people can go there. They run sales a lot. So you can get t-shirts for like $13. And they'll also do die cut stickers that are cut to your logo and all that stuff. So I sampled that. I got uh, cloth masks. I didn't like the way those turned out. I got six different colors of t-shirts. I like the way those turned out. I didn't like the hoodie, but I made them into gifts for people <laughs> and was just kind of trying it out. So yeah. I like the way they have it set. They actually have a connection between T Public and Podchaser. So you can actually meet oh. those up and create your store on T Public and brand it and then put the stuff out there. So I haven't really thoroughly promoted it yet for Care More Be Better, but it's something I'm getting ready to do in 2022 as I have two graphic designer interns that are working for me on that show because it's, you know, 
care more, be better, social impact, sustainability, and they were into interning for free. So I'm like, awesome, help me out. We're getting a couple of t-shirts designed. I'm going to offer them on Public for the 2022 season. And I think those things can really come in combination to support the show from mm -hmm. a brand perspective. I'll make a couple bucks. Public puts it in my account directly. So it's like really simple and easy. And then I can create those emblems as die cut stickers and I order them myself and I send them to my guests that I bring on the yeah, show, yeah, which is yeah. kind of a perk. Go I had get. I had ordered a whole bunch of shirts from different companies and actually the Printful screen printing had been the best quality. And the ones that I have and wear every, because I wear the shirt almost every day and I, because I have like six of them from different companies and the Printful mm -hmm. one for me lasted. And it was just like, it was the customer experience that had kind of fallen well, away. Customers and I couldn't, king. I couldn't rely on it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of ditched it. I've definitely played around with merch. I had a coloring book. Like I sell a digital coloring book from time to time Cute. that I promote. And I did look into stickers. It was the upfront cost of stickers that kind of took a step back from. They seemed yep. like it would add up. And I was like, yeah, oh, not do. right now. They do. <laughs> not right now. Um, but I ordered like 20 from Public, And I think oh, they yeah, ended up costing me about 70 cents a piece. And I'm like, whatever, oh, I have it. Yeah, like 20 is not bad. Okay, I'll look into that. Because yeah. ordering like 300 was no, like... No, I know. <laughs> I did I did a hundred care more be button be better buttons that I gave out at She Podcast Live. But the really cool thing about that is like I went around the show and I'd see all these people wearing buttons on their purse or on their person. Oh. Like, I talked to that person, I talked to that person. And it was just like branding what I was doing there. And it like a little business card. Yeah, I actually put on the back my show information, you know, ways to contact me and interface oh. with the brand. So they're just creative ways to kind of get your brand, your podcast, whatever in front of people to help it be a more memorable experience. And merch can be part of how you do that with your um, audience as well as making a little bit of money. It's not like yeah. a significant well, play, but I'm trying to go to ABC Kids uh, Expo, ABC Kids Expo in Las Vegas in May. So buttons with my contact information sounds like a really great way to do it. I can share this with you after the fact, but I did find a company that made them in the USA. After I had them printed, I'm like, these were a little big. Maybe I should have gone smaller, but the impact they made was great and people yeah. liked them. So I think mission accomplished, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm happy to share that with you. I was looking <laughs> at making it the smallest carbon footprint possible because I'm a green show and they're aluminum with steel and then a little bit of paper and plastic. I'm like, okay, eco-mindedness is pretty spot on. And I just thought it, it created a good solution and then people liked them. So why not? That's I think sometimes a little bit of the social struggle or the value struggle with doing merch was yeah. a little bit of that social conflict. And then we had a little bit of size inclusivity struggle mm -hmm. too, because Printful only goes to like a three X mm -hmm. and it made merch more complicated than I wanted it to be. And it was, it was a little bit of a headache and I, I struggled with it and I, I'm not sure if I want to go back to it either. Uh, yeah. Well, you can check out T public. <laughs> it might be a good solution yeah, for you because be. they have all the other merch items too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, w I was not displeased with the quality of the shirts okay. that they were providing the actual shirts screen printing i had a little bit too much detail i think in my design and that's <laughs> just a problem of design for medium if you know it's going to be silk screened versus something like this iron on that you have detail can start to get a little fuzzy so that's something you have to be mindful of 
You think you're going to start a podcast and suddenly you're a graphic designer designing merchandise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And maybe you can hire an intern or two to help support your efforts as well. So put up a listing and (laughs) hey, what's it going to hurt? A little bit of effort. Well, thank you so much. This has been really fun, Bailey. Thank you. Any closing words for our Femcasters? What would you like to say? Podcasting is a fantastic way to network and really... It's truly incredible. Like my show is not big. 300 people listen to it a month, but that's crazy. 300 people listen to me talk about a cloth diaper brand every episode. Like to have that many, I think I've used, there's that meme out there. That's like, if 10 people were in a room listening to you talk, like what's that impact? Like that's a lot of people that you've shared your story with. Like 300 people is an entire auditorium. Like that's crazy. And that they're impact- engaged in your story. Yeah. They're engaged in my story. And they tell people who tell people who tell people in like six hand accounts. I'll be like, I heard something Bailey about your podcast from somebody else, but I've never listened to your show. I'm not interested in podcasting, but I heard this really cool thing about this brand. And it's like the impact is so cool um, watching it. And my impact, I have listeners in Malaysia and it's just like learning that this global community can come together on one topic has been amazing. Yeah. Well, kudos to you. Now I like to ask <laughs> all of our femcasters to say two words before we wrap. Okay. Kick it. Kick it? Kick it? Kick it? Kick it? I don't know. It's just a funny thing we do at the end. Okay. (laughs) Kick it! Thank you for listening to another episode of Femcasters. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were motivated. We hope you think a little bit differently about how your voice, your very own voice can change the universe. So tap on those five stars share the love, share this episode with another Femcaster that you think could use this message today. And head over to femcasters.com for all the goods we covered today, including tools to elevate your voice. You can join our exclusive community and celebrate the Femcaster in you. Together, we can elevate the power and the voice of women girl-wide. Let's do this. Let's do this.